Another edition of the Currency of Truth, and I'm here with my co-host Bill Hughes. How are you, Bill? I'm doing well, my brother. I'm doing well. Hey, you know, today is we are honored to have uh, Clyde Vanell. He is a great advocate of digital currency, and uh, a little by background, he is an attorney who specializes in intellectual property. He's also an entrepreneur. And he is a New York State Assembly member for the 33rd District in Queens, Cambria Heights, which is right next to Laurelton, where I grew up. Clyde, how are you? Mr. Vernell, how are you? First of all, you can just call me Clyde, and I'm excited to be here, <laughs> excited to be on the Currency of Truth, excited to be here talking about this on this Labor Day weekend. Let's get into it. Yes, we're so glad awesome. that you could come on. Bill. Awesome, awesome, Assemblyman. It's a real pleasure. Also, I know that you're you're a member of uh, the Black Pilots, uh, a group of Black Pilots. Uh, yes, sir. Actually, yes, yeah. So we uh, we uh, there's an organization called the Black Pilots of America, and uh, I helped founded the New York uh, City chapter um, almost ten years ago, and uh, we're nice. really excited and uh, to expose people to aviation of all ages. Um, from, you know, from the learning about the, the opportunities in the industry to also flying uh, for pleasure. That's awesome. Awesome. Um, I, I, I certainly don't know how to fly, but hopefully we can help um, people in the BIPOC community um, pilot their way through this uh, crypto industry and the Web3 industry. Um, I, I've been following you a little bit as I am a crypto holder and I've been, uh, you know, in the industry for a little bit. Uh, and so I know that this is still a really speculative industry. So we're early and I, but I also know that you've been early to the industry and you, and you really have New York, um, at the forefront with some of the ideas that you had. And one of the ideas you had was to, to start a, um, crypto task force. Can you tell us a little bit about the crypto task force? First, it's really important for um, and if this, if we're talking to the audience of, of, of people of color, it's really important for us to to be able to discuss and learn and have investment and wealth in our culture and in our conversation. Mm -hmm. Right? It's really important Amen. for us to talk about wealth building. It's really important for us to be able to learn how to keep in mind, you know, investing is biblical. Right. I mean, we, we when we talk about when we talk about uh, the, the the lots and, and, and taking a seed and planting a seed and growing that is that's that's biblical. That's that's in our nature. Mm -hmm. And we have gone away from our nature of investment. So mm -hmm. one thing that's also, you know, what's also challenging is that during the presidential election uh, campaign in in 2020, when all the Democrats running and some of the Republicans, when folks were running, everyone knew a fact that people of color, that black people in particular, are going to be worth less in 10, 20, 40 years from now mm -hmm. on similar trends. Also, folks also knew that, you know, know that that the average black household is worth less than the average white household. Yeah, by far. Those are... Those are damning facts 
is that is that inherent in our nature or is that are we were taught something or is it something that we can learn to do different so it's really important i believe it's really important to learn how to deal with finance how to deal with investing and how to deal with the namesake of the show currency now now would you say that based on what's happening in digital currency that the kind of the rules are being rewritten right now right before us and that if you didn't if you don't really understand what's happening you're definitely going to be at the mercy of of the market and and financially left behind what's great about the space of cryptocurrency is that it's new for everybody mm-hmm. right what's great about it is that is the decentralization of it Mm-hmm. No one came up with it. No one, no one person owns, controls the whole the whole thing. No one person is the head of the king, right? No one bank can tell you yes or no. Nobody. You don't need permit. It's permissionless, is what we say. You don't need permission to go and get it, to use it, to trade it, to transfer it, to hold it. So, given that we were as a people traditionally excluded from the markets. Mm-hmm. We were tra- traditionally excluded from being able to participate, from being able to be an investor. We were excluded from owning land. We were, we were excluded. We were, at a certain point, we were property, mm-hmm. right? Where people, if, if someone killed me 200 years ago, that is a property loss, not murder. Mm-hmm. So we were excluded from participating in the market. We were the market, actually. People were buying and selling so now how do we so when we so now how do we leverage ourselves how do we position ourselves when it comes to finance how do we position ourselves when it comes to investment so in 2000 in in october 31st 2008 there was something called the bitcoin white paper that 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 introduced what blockchain technology is to the world that introduced proof of work to the world that introduced cryptocurrency. That's if it was a person, this thing would be a teenager. So this is a very new thing. So what's interesting is that because it's permissionless, because folks are using it, because it's something that is a is is is, and we're still trying to figure out all the things that cryptocurrencies can be. It's really important for at the precipice, at the beginning, for mm-hmm. people of color to try to understand, to use, and to leverage this. Because if we don't we're going to be left so far behind exponentially that um, that that it'll be that'll get it even worse. But it's- so so it's assemblyman, I want to start there because I want to talk about permissionless a little bit just so our audience understands. Um, and what that really means is that you no one needs permission to actually participate or to develop on the blockchain on the ledger, right? And and this is what Randall and I really got into when we were talking about. Um, you know, initially starting our podcast is how we would educate people in the BIPOC community so that they aren't left behind. And what you're saying right now is so powerful. And the fact that you are a legislator at the state level um, really lends itself to, to getting the message out there and actually having bills and laws passed at the state level and hopefully at the federal level so that we can um, n- make sure that the people of color aren't left behind. That's that's definitely. First of all, I think it's really important that someone that looks like us is leading in these policy conversations, 
So, mm-hmm. so, so, so me working on this uh, for cryptocurrency and technology is not by mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to app talk about permissionless. We we oftentimes a bypass community asked to be included in technology. We asked to be included. If we look at the big tech companies, we're not well represented in the big tech companies. If we look at uh, you know these crypto exchanges. Uh, and in this industry, we are not well represented in this industry. And we often sometimes ask, we need to be included. We need to be at the table. But when it comes to technology, brother, you don't need to ask folk. Mm-hmm. When it comes to these technologies, when it comes to crypto, we don't need, we don't add, we can't ask Bitcoin to let us in. We don't have to ask that. We don't have to ask to be let in in, in the blockchain, uh, with blockchain technology or what have you. What, what needs to happen is part of what you're doing is education. We have to educate the community about what is available and what is out there. We have to make sure that we provide access to what uh, the future of finance is and can be. I'm not a crypto in, uh, an evangelist, but what I am in my position, I have to make sure that people are educated and know about the options and what are what's available. I don't tell you how to invest. I don't tell you what to invest in, but you better invest. You better plant seed. And in, in the past, if you didn't plant seed, you don't eat. And we have to understand that that is the case now too. We, we must be able, we must make sure that, that people in New York and across the country and our folks invest and plant seed. And crypto is just one, it's just one aspect, one avenue to do so, but we must plant seed. Amen to that. And so with that being in mind, what we often find within the, the BIPOC and the black community is that a lot of times they don't see a, the usefulness of this. If, if it isn't a dollar, right, we know that we can go to the store and spend a dollar. A lot of people have no idea what crypto is. And one of the things that you did is you introduced legislation that would allow people to pay bills, fines and so forth. Um, with crypto, um, where's that bill stand right now, and where are you in that? Well, William, I I I uh, I uh, sponsored a number of bills. I've sponsored yeah. bills. I sponsored bills, uh, and you asked me about the, the the cryptocurrency task force bill. I I sponsored bills uh, about using uh, about accepting and using crypto as payments on the state level. Uh, I sponsored bills on on a number of different blockchain and crypto bills. What's mm-hmm. really important is, is and, and we could talk about those bills all day, but what's really important is that we have to educate people about what, we have to educate our community about what is available, what's out there. We have to educate not only the consumer, we also have to educate our merchants and our business people mm-hmm. on whether you should accept this or not and how to exchange this. We also have to educate our entrepreneurs and say, there's an opportunity to start businesses in this space. So we have to have we have to have a major we have to we have to educate our young people to say, you know what, you can you can become a blockchain uh, engineer to be able to mm. to 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 uh, to and a network engineer in this space. There's so many options and opportunities available that we have to educate folks on that. We also have to create the culture in the community of wealth building, of talking about money. As a people, we were taught, 
not to talk about money. Don't talk about money. Don't you know? Be afraid to talk about. Don't talk about money to your family. Don't don't you know, don't don't bring that up. That that has to change. How am I going to learn from somebody if I don't talk about it, or if we don't speak about it, if we don't we don't discuss this, if we hide if we hide that under the rug? So so we have to change the culture about that too. Another thing that we have to change the culture is the culture of we still have a culture for young people and and our people especially of consumerism of consumption mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right it's mm-hmm. cool to show you know what you're driving or what you're wearing or or, or 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 flying or going to vacation or what have you but but it's it's not cool to show how much you save it's not cool to show what you how to invest and and we have to we have to change that and make that too and we have to change that to make that too also to understand we have to teach in schools uh financial literacy and how to do that and and the problem too is that if I teach financial literacy in schools, but mommy and daddy is wasting their wasting their money and their resources, that's a problem also, right? So so we have to teach generational financial literacy, which is really important. That's why crypto is in a, is 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 again part of that part of that um, uh, of 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 the ecosystem of of learning about finance and learning about. Uh, you know, about investing and building and growing. Um, so we, we have a lot of work to do to be able to, you know, to our community to close that gap and that digital, that financial divide. No, I would say that while that all of that is true, I think that we have, a, as you said, a history of being more risk averse, many, when it comes to finance. Because if you have less finance, then you're not really um, sometimes willing to risk that that finance that that you have and i think that's something that we come across but now because of what's happening in the industry with digital currency with stablecoin and fed now there are other products out there that people can get in and get educated with that are not as risky if you will you know if 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 you if if you don't feel like you've got the kinds of funds cuz some people as bill said some people will feel like well this is not relevant to me because, you know, my money's so tight, I can barely do what I have to do. But you correctly uh, remarked that people need to plan and have a digital currency portfolio and strategy going forward if they're going to be able to have reliable savings and be able to compete. So what would you say from a public policy standpoint, what do you think that people ought to be doing to gain this this sort of digital currency literacy or even you know for for their future and for their family so before i get to that i'd like to talk about mindset a little bit okay so um it's really difficult to think about anything else if you're hungry right mm-hmm. so i can't i can't teach a man religion if if he if he got an empty stomach Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is, right? My, think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. For, one of the things we have to do is make sure we get our folks, and that's not everybody, it's not everybody, but as a whole, we have to get our folks out of survival mode, mm-hmm. right? So if, 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 if folks are living paycheck to paycheck, if folks are living hand to mouth, then we ain't talking about no investment at that point. So, so what's really important, so what I've been focusing on is really making sure if you look at my social media and stuff like that, I focus on, on people skilling up and getting good jobs and careers, mm-hmm. right? So it's important for you to have a certain level of stability. It's just the truth. You have to have a certain level of stability before we can talk about investing. 
right? If you don't have a little of extra, if you don't have a little scrape extra, you can't you can't invest. So that's first. So so we have to focus on making sure that people are in, our people are in a position to be able to get out of survival mode, to be able to be able to have decent job and a decent career. Now investment. Now look, now we get that out the way. So investing. What's so attractive about digital currency? What's so attractive about cryptocurrency is in order for the average per the average person can't participate in the invest that traditional uh, investing markets. In the past, you'd had to be a you'd had to have to open up a I don't want to even name some of these places, but Schwab, Fidelity, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but you had to have you had to have at least ten thousand dollars. They reduced that now because of cryptocurrency, um, and you've had to go through a whole different a number of different processes to be able to buy mutual funds, to buy an EFT or or what have you. Cryptocurrency doesn't have any of those bars, right? You could it's just very recently traditional finance uh, with traditional mark uh, traditional investing where you're able to buy percentages of shares. You used to actually have to buy full share. Yeah. So crypto, the bar into entry to become an investor in cryptocurrency is low, very low. No, any, any of us can, any folk can do it, which is really attractive. What's really attractive also is that the muscles that people do to watch the markets in the cryptocurrency, the same market, the same muscles, same thing that they do in traditional finance. Mm-hmm. So, how do we teach people this stuff? One of the things is that, again, talking about is really important. Showing the importance of it is really important. But there's nothing like, I can't describe to you what it feels like swimming. You got to swim. Now, we take you, I'll take you to, the, I'll take you to a, a shallow part, you know, a small pool to be able to learn to swim. I'm gonna put, not, you're not going to put that person in the ocean. But getting people to try to swim is really important so that they can figure out, feel what that muscle is, right? Because there are different kinds of investors. Mm-hmm. There's different types of investors, but what's really important is for us to understand that it's important to invest. And cryptocurrency, digital currency, allows you to invest with very little and to see what that's like and to be able to build and grow it. Amen to that. And so um, to that, something, man, what, we were, what you were talking about is like a Robin Hood, they, they came in and allowed you to fractionalize stock so you could buy a, a bit or a piece of a stock instead of having to buy the whole stock. What, what crypto essentially did is, and, and this is what I always preach, and I have this conversation with Randall, you have some cryptos out there that you could buy for four and five cents that are going to run the digital rails or the financial rails um, for the future of our financial system. And, and figuring out what those cryptos are is kind of what we hope to get to the bottom of with our podcast as we move forward. Um, which is why I, I'm going to bring up one of the things I'm talking about is I was following the case with uh, XRP uh, and, and the judge decision um, and how that may have changed the crypto market, making it safer um, for, for um, customers. Uh, are, are you familiar with that case? Yeah. So, look, so the, the nature of so. So, yeah. So Ripple um, provided uh, Ripple came out. Ripple is one of the major one of the top um, coins in in the market, um, uh, and they're uh, they're known as XRP. And mm-hmm. they have they uh, started they did a raise where they uh, got they allowed to get XRP to institutional investors, and then there were also mm-hmm. people buying it buying Ripple off of exchanges. 
<laughs> SEC saw that. The SEC said, hey, man, what you guys are doing is you guys are raising money, and it's like a stock. And when you guys went and, and provided this to the institutional investors, then that's a stock, and it's supposed to, you're supposed to go through these different processes if you do that. And what the SEC came back and said was that, um, you know, so this whole thing is a stock. Um, so when you provided it to the institutional investors, you should have went through the process, the traditional process that you have to go through the SEC. And then when people are buying off exchanges, same thing. What ended up happening was they said, you know what, when you invest, when you provided this to the institutional investors, it's a stock. And, and, and those institutional investors are expecting they're expecting a return and they're expecting you to use that to improve Ripple. Mm. And the folks that are buying it directly from exchanges, um, um, uh, it's not that case. It's not that case for them. They are buying it directly from exchange, you know, from the retail um, investor is not expecting that to go directly the way that the, the way they, they provide it to the, uh, uh, institutions. Yeah. institutional investors. I don't want to go so much into that. What is the what's the core idea from that? What's what's important about that? What's important is that what's important to understand to me, from my point of view, is a number of things. One, it shores up to me the industry of cryptocurrencies, of these things being stocks, right? If the S because from where I sit, when I got elected in 2016, these things were not even stocks. Mm. When I was elected in 2016, folks were talking about what, you know, I couldn't even I can even mention in New York State, I can even mention cryptocurrencies in certain committees. Right. Mm -hmm. These these things were disrupting the industry. And remember, we're in New York State, brother. Don't mess with the traditional banks. Mm -hmm. Don't mess with the institutional investors. Right. So so now the the recent decision, the decisions that the SEC has with and there are a number of decisions that they're coming up with you know, relatively recently, it's clear that our government sees these assets as securities, commodities, what have you. Clear, very clear. But that's one real big important nugget. Another big important nugget to me with this case is you see that I think good, solid regulations is good for the industry, is good for cryptocurrency, and it'll help with its um, with its usage in, uh, in general public and with its investment. So those are the things. And I think in that decision, though, I think they got it. They got it right in that decision. Now, they're not always right all the time, but I think the SEC got it right in that decision. Yes. So, so thank you. Thank you for that. And and having that regulation, this is the thing that because, as you know, with, with the BIPOC community and dealing with finances, uh, trust is, is, is a huge thing. Right. You know, people want, want to trust that if I put a dollar in your pocket, I, I, I want that dollar to still be there. Right. And so people want to know is that when when you have an investment that it is secure and having that regulation in place is going to be, you know, very important. And again, assemblyman, that's why it's important to have people like yourself at the state level, especially because you outlined this, especially in New York, because as you may, as you know, I'm sure. There's only a couple of, of um, exchange crypto exchanges that you actually can use in New York that has a license to operate in New York. If you go outside of New York, um, there's there's more. Um, and in somewhat it's disappointing because only up until recently, um, you couldn't even buy uh, 
uh, XRP in New York State. You can now on Gemini, but you couldn't buy it because it just wasn't being allowed. So having a legislator like yourself at the forefront of this is is actually very important. And then having, you know, you being a person of color, I think is even more important. I uh, appreciate that. Well, appreciate that. So now keep in mind, yes, you know, we don't have in New York State. We don't have New York Staters don't, are, aren't um, they don't have the availability to get to participate with many of the exchanges out there. People were really some people were really angry about that in New York State before this summer. But this summer, folks saw that, you know, we the reason why we have to we have something called a bit license in New York State. In order for you to have an exchange in New York State, you have to be registered um, with our Department of Financial Services. And the bit license came across It's one of the premier laws and probably the premier regulation for cryptocurrency exchanges in the country and maybe the world. Mm -hmm. um, and many folks have been watching how we do what we do in New York. And we that that regulation was born out of uh, a bankruptcy from an exchange called Mount Gox back in 2013. Mm -hmm. And if you look at a number of different meltdowns that happened from um, uh, FTX in particular, uh, uh, Celsius before that, mm -hmm. Terra Luna. New Yorkers were insulated from that because mm -hmm. those, you know, the FTX did not have a bit license in New York. Mm -hmm. And there are a number of different, you know, if, if you're an exchange that's not legit, that doesn't have the, proper, the capital requirements, you're not going to operate in New York. And we're and, and we so we're not like every other place. And we are proud of that. Now, it's, it could be now we have to find a balance to make sure that people are able to participate. But we want to make sure that if you are operating, if you can, you can trust the exchanges that are operating in New York. And it you, we're not fast. Uh, we're, we're not expedient, but we're diligent and we're the best regulators in the country and in the world at this point. Well, you know, as you That's say, New York is leading the way. I want to ask you to kind of look into your, your kind of crystal ball. What would you like to see uh, come about in the future uh, in terms of crypto and how people get educated, how New York actually regulates this? So one thing that's real important is that um, William asked me earlier, to, earlier, and I, I didn't discuss this because I, was, I just have so much on my brain that I, you know, I don't have enough time to talk about everything. Um, but so we passed a bill in both houses called the uh, the crypto blockchain and cryptocurrency task force. Uh, and that'd be a and this task force would be a task force that if the governor signs it into law. So it passed both houses. Mm -hmm. The governor has until December 31st to sign it. And if she doesn't sign it, it'll be vetoed. If she signs it, it'll become law. She vetoed it last year. But what this would do, what this bill would do, it simply says that it will create a task force of folks in the industry, of investors, of folks in the community, mm -hmm. of academics, of technologists, of environmentalists to get to, to, to help figure out what the proper guardrails are in this space and also to help to try to figure out things about educating the community, uh, to, to talk about investing, to, talk, to, to figure all this stuff out. What I hope to see is I hope people from the community. I hope shows like this, I hope folks like you participate in, in this task force mm -hmm. because you can help figure out what the future looks like in New York and in the world. And, and that's part of the reason why, you know, we, we've been pushing to have this 
task force. And I, I hope also that people of color participate in this because it's really important to make sure that we're in on this early and that we're participating. And I also hope that people from across the state, from, you know, from, you know, from Long Island all the way up to Buffalo, participate in this process. Assemblyman, I, I am so pleased that, that you, you brought that up because Randall and I, when we put this podcast together, it, it was about education, but we also are looking for um, solutions and things that are actionable. And this is something that is very actionable and we can, we can use this to mobilize people. Um, so, so who would you suggest that we call? I mean, I, I know some of the people to call, but who would you suggest that we call? and reach out? I, suge- I suggest you call the governor's office and tell the governor to sign the cryptocurrency task force bill. I suggest you call your representative, your assembly person and your state senator mm-hmm. and tell your state senator to tell the governor to sign that bill. That bill we have until December 31st. And last year, same bill was vetoed. Um, and the bill is not asking for money. We don't have to spend money on this. We don't have to. Uh, the bill is saying that we have to get the task force together to help us figure this out. And as we see, more and more is happening. As one of the things that's happening is that our one of the PayPal just got a approved mm-hmm. to have a stable coin, stable coin offerings in New York State. Mm-hmm. This is happening. This is happening. And we don't have the task force to help guide this kind of stuff. And what's really important to talk about actionable, I want to see people of color participating in what the policy is going to look like. It's a big deal. We're in the beginning stages of this. We're still in the embryonic stage. And you guys and folks can get in. And it's really important for us to participate. So, Assemblyman, it's it's really great to have you here. Um, We have so much with this industry, as you indicated, because it's not just crypto is is crypto is web3 we're, we're talking about ai the metaverse mm-hmm. it's a lot of this that is going to come th- and, and we really believe that new york is going to be very important in this role so so um as we go through we want to make sure that we invite you back because we sure we're we're sure that there is going to be much more content and information to um get out there to the audience I would love to. I would love to participate. Love what you guys are doing. I'm excited to you know, participate in this show. And, uh, you know, let's connect and let's build and grow. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. And we will definitely have you back on the air. And um, that wraps it up for this edition of The Currency of Truth. And we will be back uh, with another episode very soon. And thank you again. And for before we leave, people want more information uh, from you. How can they get a hold of you? People want to uh, write or ask you questions. Very easy. Just catch me. I'm on all the socials. Just look up my name and you'll find me on every social media platform. Uh, Clyde Vanell. All right. Well, perfect, my friend. And that wraps it up. And we will see you guys next week. Have a good day.